Podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with the career in the sport industry. We provide uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become uncommon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. I am pumped to have the founder and executive director of Uncommon Sports Group, Drew Bow, on the show today for our first full episode, and we will be unpacking the inception of USG, formerly Manders on a Mission, MOM, our history and the trajectory of where we are going. If you haven't had a chance yet, go check out our preview episode, which gives some really good insight on what we at Uncommon Sports Group are all about, and how we can better serve you as young Christians in the sport industry. Before we start, I want to make it clear to our audience that we like to use acronyms here quite a bit. And throughout the show, you will hear us using the terms MOM, M-O-A-M, and USG. MOM stands for Managers on a Mission, which was the original name of our organization before we rebranded to USG or Uncommon Sports Group. Just want to make that clear for the audience so there isn't any confusion. And Drew, happy to have you on. Excited to... uh, just talk to you about just the history of this organization and where it's going and where it's been. And we'd love to start off by asking you what initially inspired you to start MOM, now USG, and why connect the sport industry with ministry? Yeah, I'd say, you know, as far as the, to your question of, of inspiring the start, really it, I'd say, goes back to when I was first setting out in terms of pursuing a career in the sports industry. And so for me, uh, that started uh, in undergrad when I was uh, at the University of Minnesota, started working as a student manager, was really fortunate in terms of opportunities uh, and just individuals um, uh, that I was able to to work with throughout college and pro sports uh, through some internships and and everything. And then uh, the story really starts when I got to Virginia Tech. And it was at Virginia Tech where I was working as a as a graduate assistant uh, with the football program there and uh, actually uh, so it was about a two it was a two-year position but after my first year ended up having about a uh, one-month period where it wasn't going to be required for me to be around the facility uh, as as a lot of the coaches were gone right before football camp and um, and obviously uh, there was some flexibility with our schedule and and that time happened to coincide with the opportunity to go on a mission trip to Rwanda. And so for me, up until that point, I had uh, very much grown up in the church, um, would certainly have said I am a Christian or was a Christian. Uh, unfortunately, I did not yet really fully understand what a relationship with Jesus could really look like. And so um I met Virginia Tech again, pursuing a career in the sports industry, blessed with the opportunity to go on this mission trip to Rwanda. And so I go on the mission trip and I joke, I, you know, I'd say I went on it for all the wrong reasons. Uh, if I'm being honest, it was, um, I'm going to go on this trip and, and 
you know, I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to really, you know, uh, help these kids. They're going to really, you know, be thankful for me, for me helping them. And, and just a very uh, self-centered uh, um, reasons. Uh, and so I go on the trip and, and as I've, I've uh, shared many times, it's absolutely life-changing experience for me. And so I am uh, there for about three weeks, and for the first time in my life, it was I was unable to explain the joy and the peace that the kids and the missionaries at the orphanage I was working at had in their lives through any of their worldly circumstances. So again, I'd, I'd certainly been around Christians that have joy and peace here in, in the United States, and um, uh, but for the first time when I was in Rwanda, it seemed like I, I couldn't explain it through their worldly circumstances. So when I would see it in individuals here at home, I would so often just, oh, well, it's because they've got this relationship of, you know, um, in terms of a spouse, or they've got this great family, or they've got this great career, or this great financial situation. And, and, and here I was, though, in Rwanda, and these, you know, Obviously, the missionaries, they've given up everything they've had to, to be living over there. There's nothing uh, as beautiful as the country is. There's, you know, from a terms of economic prosperity, those types of things, certainly many challenges. And, of course, the children is a whole other story, you know, in terms of the backgrounds that they've came from, the, the loss that they've experienced, the abandonment they've experienced, and also, uh, sadly, the 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 future reality in terms of opportunities and and so all that to say is I'm I'm there and I'm I'm just really wrestling through that of of how can they have this joy how can they have this peace in the condition and circumstances that they're in and and so as you can see it you know of course that's what led me into to really pressing really finding out of it was through their relationship with Jesus it was through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in their lives, that they were able to have this peace and this joy that transcended understanding, uh, transcended worldly circumstances. And so while I was over there, again, I'm coming, you know, into this, uh, currently pursuing a career in the sports industry. I just felt the Lord really putting it on my heart of what would it look like to, to connect those in the sports industry, individuals like myself at that time, with what the Lord was doing in, in, in this situation on the mission field. And, and so I wasn't a, a, somebody who journaled or anything like that going into the trip, but um, I was, found myself journaling you know, pretty much every evening while I was in Rwanda. And, and I still have actually one of the, the journal entries, I, was, I think about halfway through the trip of, Lord, I really feel like you're laying it on my heart to, to connect individuals in the sports industry with opportunities like this and and so again it was just a random journal entry at that point well of course i i come back to to virginia tech for my final year there again working with the football program and finishing my masters and it of course just so happens that i have a class project of create a nonprofit. if you were to create one how would it be funded what would you be your focus all of these things so i of course run with this idea vision that the lord had put on my heart and again it was nothing more than a you know class project i i joke that you know if 
I would have said at that time of, you know, okay, maybe if I, you know, win the lottery one day or if I retire wealthy, then maybe this could become an actual organization. And, and so again, it's just a class project, complete the class project and uh, obviously finish up my time at Virginia Tech. And, and within that year following though, it was something I would say in, you know, uh, in many ways, a, a burden that I really couldn't shake of the Lord really putting it heavy on my heart of just continuing to press into it, continuing to press into it and trying to just uh, continuously refine, um, you know, essentially this business plan at that point. And of course, the Lord ended up just bringing around me the right individuals. And, and so I found myself uh, a few months later after finishing at Virginia Tech, I uh, had started a Bible study, and, and it just so happened I'd started that Bible study with other individuals who were at one point pursuing careers in the sports industry. And so I start sharing the vision with them. I start sharing the mission, and, and they, of course, or they end up uh, somehow being as crazy as me and, and buying into it and thinking, you know what, I think this thing could really have potential. And, and so that was just the the first of of many steps of again the lord really bringing the perfect individuals alongside us as an organization and and so uh we ended up launching um i think it was you know i went on that mission trip summer of 2012 uh by may 2013 we had launched as a actual nonprofit organization and still though even at that time the plan was okay it's a nonprofit organization It'll be kind of this on-the-side type of thing. You know, we'll try to connect a few individuals every year with opportunities like this, you know, individuals who are pursuing careers in the sports industry with opportunities to grow in their faith. And so that was the, you know, we thought that's kind of what it would be. And, uh, of course, though, within about a year, uh, it had become clear that the Lord had much more in plan and or much more uh, in store for us. And I... Uh, yeah, joke of been trying to keep up with the Lord ever since. And so that's really the uh, uh, much longer-winded answer to to that original story. And, and uh, again, though, of, of what the Lord had just kind of planted in that original seed. That's amazing, Drew. And kind of bouncing off that, I mean, I'm sure there were some difficulties in sprouting up MOM and getting it started. And sure, as you progress forward, definitely some barriers in the way. So I'd love to ask you. How did you get MOM off the ground, and what challenges did the organization face in its first few steps? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, as I as I reflect upon that, I've I've said to to a few people before of if if I would have known then what would need to happen for the organization to get to where it is today, in terms of if I would have known the types the the various individuals and supporters and just so, all of the pieces that would have to come together to to get the organization to where it is today I would have never had the faith to step into running and 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 going for uh, the organization that this has developed into and, and and what I mean by that is is you know I, I think in a lot of ways the Lord really did, protect me of, you know, the whole ignorance is bliss. There, there is certainly some truth to that of, uh, I'd say, you know, really the, the motto for us as an organization has been, uh, you know, take care of the little things and the big things will come. And, and that comes from actually when I was at Virginia Tech, that was essentially the, 
the slogan of Beamer Ball, I would argue. That's uh, what Frank Beamer drilled home uh, more than anything of, of taking care of the little things. And, and, and so when I look back and I, I think of, you know, the obstacles, the challenges, you know, there isn't necessarily a, a you know, a, a huge hurdle uh, that stands out maybe, you know, much higher above the rest. But, but instead, I think it's a, it's been a continuous focus of, you know, the little things, taking care of the little things, trying to continuously take and do the next right thing, no matter how big, no matter how small. And, you know, and staying focused in on that of, you know, as, as much as I would love to sit here and say, of yeah, this is exactly the grand vision that I had. I knew this is where we'd be, you know, in, in seven years, eight years and, and, uh, and all of those things. Um, the reality is it's that's so far from the truth and and that's something i've really come to to learn from a lot of other uh individuals has been really neat in terms of ministry leaders and stuff of having a very similar story of you know it's, it never was this this grand huge vision but is simply a matter of being faithful with with what the lord entrusts them and asks them to do in that moment and of course just continuously um uh, trying to take those small steps one after another. Yeah, and I hear you talk about a grand vision, um, and it makes me think about the mission of the organization when you first started it. And I'm sure it's still relatively the same as when you first started Mo. but how has it evolved over time, just with kind of with that grand vision changing and evolving? Yeah, I'd say that's a great question. And, and you're right, the, the mission has very much remained the same in terms of developing Christ-centered future leaders of the sports industry. But what I would say is is the the who and the and the how has certainly uh, been refined uh, over these you know initial years. And, and so the who meaning you know who is it the Lord is calling us to really focus on and and, and so when we did first start out it was you know primarily just managers. And it didn't matter really what type of career path that manager was necessarily pursuing. It was, you know, okay, you're a, you're a manager, and, and so we're going to focus on you. But, you know, I'd say the Lord has really given us clarity as an organization of being called to focus in on future leaders of the college and pro sports industry. And so individuals who are, again, just getting their foot in the door and are genuinely pursuing a career within college or pro sports and trying to help them, of course, navigate those unique challenges, temptations, pressures uh, that, that come with it. But then also the second part of just the, the how. And so how do we develop Christ-centered leaders of the sports industry? And, and so starting out, it was really focused of the mission trip experience was, was really our main uh, discipleship tool, if you will. And to now, of course, having the training program and having uh, really that in place um, has been a, a big area of, you know, I'd say refinement that's, you know, that's kind of been a progression, of course. Uh, and, and also, you know, ultimately COVID kind of sprung upon some of it of, of course, uh, all of a sudden, you know, you go into a, a pandemic and uh, mission trips are no longer exactly uh, uh, an option, but I'd say Seth and the entire programs team last summer just did an incredible job of, okay, yes, mission trips can still happen, but that doesn't mean our mission can't go forth. And so pivoting and developing those online 
opportunities to be able to continue pouring into future leaders of the sports industry, which has ultimately now led into the development of our training program uh, that we have going on continuously, obviously, throughout the entire year. I love that. And it's you talk about the pandemic, and we had a big change here at USG during the pandemic. We rebranded from MOM to USG. And just would love to ask you, what led to that rebrand? And was it hard for you to see the original MOM brand dissipate? Yeah, so the, you know, the, the rebrand, I'd say kind of two main things that we had identified. And I'd say really it had been identifying throughout the last several years. I think uh, one, of course, with the name Managers on a Mission and, and kind of like I was mentioning earlier is, Yes, managers are certainly a huge component of who we, who the Lord leads us to pour into, to disciple, to engage with as manage, you know, there's no typical career path to becoming a head coach or an AD or, or a leader in the sports industry, but we do really see managers, working as a manager is a, one of the best ways of getting your foot in the door. And so while yes, managers are a huge part, um, we realized we were really, uh, obviously making it difficult for non-managers to understand that this organization is for them. And so obviously there's interns of pro teams, there's graduate assistants, there's all sorts of other future leaders of the sports industry. And so for us, being able to move away from having managers in the name, but then lastly, the, the second item being uh, in terms of the word mission being in our name. And, and while again, yes, mission trips are certainly a huge part of of the of what we do and how we've seen the Lord work, they're ultimately not the the mission of what we do. Again, our mission isn't sending individuals on mission trips. Our our mission is developing Christ-centered leaders of the sports industry, and so the mission trip is more so just a vehicle in in how we can go about accomplishing that. And so, so yeah, so we pressed into that that process uh, starting uh, I'd say about a year ago of um, okay, what does a rebrand look like for us? And, and obviously, ultimately, uh, we're led to, to Uncommon Sports Group, um, an organ, and, you know, a name that I'd say really encapsulates uh, who we are as an organization and, and, and what it is that we're trying to accomplish. And, and then to, to your second question of, of was it hard to see the Moam brand uh, dissipate and is, a, again, a, a great question, I think. Um, as I think upon that question, I, I do reflect upon, I'd say, how much I believe the Lord has really protected me from seeing managers on a mission, Moam, as, as Drew's, as mine. You know, one thing that's great about nonprofits in, in, or that helps in this regard is that there is no owner of a nonprofit. You know, there's no... The board of directors is is the closest thing to owners of a nonprofit, and so the reality is of even though yes, this was my original you know class project or you know idea, uh, there's there's no there's no entitlement that I have to 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 moam is is mm-hmm. Drew's organization, and and I don't share that to to be humble. Trust me, there's there's plenty of other areas that I get caught up in of you know this is Drew's idea or this is you know. Um, you know, something I, you know, end up getting caught up in, in wanting attention or recognition for, but, but it has been really incredible when I think upon 
the the organization of just how much I believe the Lord has has really kind of helped me uh, distance it from being again mine, and so that of course you know made it all the easier in terms of the the transition to the new name. But then the other thing as well was just really how much the Lord blessed the process as we went through it. Of you know it's it's always or it was it was certainly you know a, a challenging thing to step into of you know okay what about you know there's going to be some people who like this name more and other people that like this name more and we got the board members and you've got alum and you've got our staff and and just so many different you know voices at the table and i think we did a, a really good job of bringing the appropriate voices and and getting everybody involved but then what the lord really did was just that unity of spirit as as we pressed into this and how clear the name choice ended up being, which is something I'm incredibly thankful for. And so, again, just another thing that helped us as we moved through that transition. I love that humility, Drew, just as a whole organization, being able to transition in that way to serve more potential Christ-centered leaders. That is just so inspiring. And going off that, you talk about how it's not yours. It's um, it's the organization's, but more importantly, it is God's. Mm-hmm. Um, this organization is for the glory of God. So I'd love to ask you, how has God used the organization to bring glory to his name? Another great question. This is, yeah, certainly a, a many different uh, routes, I feel, could go in, in answering this. But a few that, that come to mind, I guess, first would just be in terms of showing his power. And, you know, I think of... Again, the the prayers that God has answered in the creation and development of this organization is has truly, you know, just made clear that that we serve a God who honors bold prayers and 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 demonstrates His power through that. You know, I, we've got an incredible team, and and so please don't get me wrong on uh, trying to to under value the 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 talent and the incredible individuals we have on our team but the reality is is we've got a a team that's um quite uh inexperienced like i am in terms of haven't been part of you know large ministries haven't been part of you know large organizations a lot of individuals on our team that these are you know first few jobs out of school and and so i say all that of just I think it really does point to of of God using ordinary men and women, and um, obviously, of you know, I'm the last person uh, qualified to to be leading a a nonprofit and and you know operation of of our scale in in many different ways. But it's again, I think, goes to just God you know of the the saying of he's not he doesn't he doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called and and so I've just seen that time and time again and and so him showing his power has, has certainly been been clear but then kind of along with that of just really drawing people of peace to himself through our programs and and I know this is something Noah you know you know, firsthand quite well in terms of doing a lot of the recruiting and engagement with individuals that are uh, looking to get involved with our ministry. But there's just so many stories of of men and women throughout the college and pro sports industry 
who, you know, had no idea who we were, but all of a sudden end up getting connected to us as an organization. And, you know, it just so happens to be that they're at this point in their life where they've really been wrestling through what is their purpose? Is it possible to truly pursue a career in this industry without allowing it to become your identity? And just so many individuals who, you know, again, the Lord clearly has had them in a position where where they're searching, they're hungry, and then he all of a sudden connects them to us. And, you know, whether it's through a random, you know, social media, through it's a, through a, a coach that's involved with our clean out program or, you know, just whatever the the path is, there's just so many incredible stories of that. And, um, but then just, just lastly, I guess it's on this question is I think he's, he's really brought glory to himself as well through the network that he's developed with this ministry. And, you know, we obviously one of our most significant items is, is the, the USG network and, and, and how we can best serve those men and women and, and continue to come alongside them as they continue, you know, seeking to live out their faith in, in the industry. And, but the, the depth of the relationships and the community that has formed between different individuals within our network has, has certainly been one of the, the coolest things and just really, I think, speaks to, you know, how God has created his body and, you know, creating us as individuals that are able to spur one another on, as, as individuals who, you know, are able to truly live out, you know, iron sharpening iron relationships. And so just, uh, again, I think there's an endless number of answers to that question, but those are, are certainly a few that come to mind. That's awesome, Drew, and all glory to God. It's amazing to see kind of as a new a new employee here to see what is you know, just happened in the past and what's to come in the future. And I would love to ask, kind of going off that, did you ever envision MOM becoming what it is today? Um, And what have opportunities like the training experience that you talked about brought to the ministry? Yeah, so to the first question of, you know, did I ever envision again, I would would love to sit here and say, yeah, this is exactly what I had in mind. And, And I do, we did... You know, when we pressed into this, certainly feel like, again, it was something the Lord was providing great clarity of, you know, this is something worth pursuing. But again, to to pretend like we knew it was going to become the size it is today or, or anything like that is, is, is far from the truth. And again, I'd say really just kind of going back to, you know, what I shared of, of Frank Beamer's motto at Virginia Tech of, of take care of the little things and the big things will come. And, and I think that's, again, just been the repeating theme uh, for us as an organization. And, and uh, of course, it's in that that's, that has led us into this, this training experience now. And so, you know, the, the training experience has been, I believe, one of the, the most significant items for us as a, as a ministry in that it's completely changed and expanded our reach of now being able to have an opportunity for future leaders of the sports industry to plug in and become equipped at any time throughout the year is something that's, again, something we have never been able to do before. And so now, no matter what 
uh, sport you're working with, no matter uh, what your see the seasonality of your schedule or your career position requires, there's an opportunity to go through the USG training program. And so, and, and of course, going through that, being able to truly identify how you can grow in your faith, how you can truly pursue a career of, of not just excellence in your in the career in the sports industry, but of uh, continuously growing in your relationship with the Lord as well. And then, um, yeah, just really being able to provide those opportunities for uh, spiritual and professional development. It's amazing, Drew. And now it's time for the big question. We talked about the past. We talked about where USG is now in the present. And I'd love to ask you, where do you see USG going in the future? And in those future endeavors, what most excites you about what this organization can do to serve the Lord? Yeah, certainly the the million-dollar question of, you know, where is USG going? And, and we, of course, uh, you know, we want to be an organization that, uh, you know, certainly has vision, uses the, you know, the wisdom and, and, and uh, opportunities that the Lord has entrusted to us well um, and in a strategic manner. Uh, obviously, at the same time, we, you know, know very much the reality. I think it's, it's Proverbs sixteen nineteen of, you know, the man and, you know, envisions his steps, but it's, it's God who establishes the steps. And so of, you know, for us is, is really a continuous, how do we continue to, to refine and, you know, improve what we've, what we're doing as an organization, but at the same time, obviously making sure that we always remain sensitive to the promptings of the spirit and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and, and to, you know, really, uh, make sure that we do not allow this to to just become a you know a large corporation, if you will. Of you know, there's I forget the pastor that's that said it, but of you know, there's there's certainly a lot of individuals in you know a lot of individuals who who love crowds, uh, but people not so much. And so for us, of you know, making sure that we're not growing an organization that's just got this big, you know, network and in number of individuals going through this training program, but are making sure that we're continuing to be able to develop and, and nurture those relationships, uh, which is of course something we've just been incredibly blessed in so far in terms of the team and the, the staff that the Lord has brought to our ministry. And, and so do certainly, you know, believe there's a lot of reason to be optimistic in terms of where the organization is headed and the the growth opportunity all of those things um but of course you know i'd say really for us is has been you know okay as we continue to grow wider as we continue to expand our reach how do we ensure that that depth is going to remain and you know certainly believe that with this training program uh you know we're we're going to be looking to continuously increase you know the number of offerings with this training program and so so long as the lord continues leading individuals into that program we're excited to and trusting him to provide the resources for us to be able to scale that accordingly i love how you just said the holy spirit is the guide i think living in that way is um, just so important and so vital in such a big ministry and organization and 
Drew, I'm just so thankful you came alongside us today to talk about uh, the history of MOM and now USG. Um, it is so inspiring to see how this organization has come alongside so many students to help them glorify God as they enter into careers in the sport industry. If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission we are on, apply for our training experience on our website at uncommonsg.org. That's uncommonsg.org. And if you are unsure what the training experience is, please go listen to the preview episode. We unpack it there. It's an exciting thing. Check that out. And next time on the Uncommon Podcast, we will be interviewing a surprise guest from the sport industry. And we're looking forward to sharing that with you. Until then, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you soon. Mm-hmm.